tits. Tiny big tits. Woo! Everyone. Oh, oh, oh. What cup size are you? Can't, you can't double just... Double G. Oh, double G. Double G, groovy and glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jackie Big Tits, the podcast, my life, my stories, my anecdotes. It's episode 25. It is being self-kind does not make you selfish. And on today's podcast, I have the amazing counsellor and psychotherapist, Lizandra. I'm so excited to have her on. She's absolutely fantastic. She's got a private therapy practice called New Frame Therapy. Um, we talk about everything from childhood to adult identity to attachment styles self-sabotage boundaries and how instagram is not therapy if you are a people pleaser this is honestly the episode for you lisandra just went bish bash bosh here you go like this is free it, she's amazing and it's incredible and i really hope you enjoy it i'm in ibiza at the moment and it's very sunny not to make you all gel happy new years um I'm really hoping that 2021 is going to be a positive year for us because I know last year was just a bit shit with COVID and I'm hoping for, you know, more happiness this year. I really hope this episode perks you up, gets you ready for the year. Um, and I hope that you feel like the best version or that you can be and aspire to be um, the best version of yourself. I hope you love it. Love you. Biggie, but we've actually got a flipping therapist on today's episode. We have the lovely Lysandra, who's a counsellor and a psychotherapist from Hertfordshire, and she has her own private therapy practice called New Frame Therapy. Hi, Lysandra. Hi. Hi, Jackie. Thanks so much for having me. A pleasure. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. It's very cold today, but yeah, aside from the cold, uh, I'm good. Uh, it is, isn't it? It's getting a bit frosty. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of where, like, now we've actually got to start putting on the big jackets now. Exactly. Because I've, I've I've had my legs out for far too long and I probably should get tights. <laughs> it's too cold for that. It's too cold. <laughs> so thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm really excited to have you on today's episode where the theme is how we can shout for ourselves. Mm. You've obviously got your um, Instagram page yeah. called New Frame Therapy, um, which you do lots of work on like, you know, like boundaries and self-esteem. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I really feel like during this time right now, lockdown and everyone's mental health, I feel like COVID has been a good thing in the sense it's given us time to reflect, um, particularly for myself. Mm. Um, I started therapy during lockdown so the first lockdown um and it's been like amazing I was thinking why didn't I do this before yeah. but again I needed to have the just I needed to like eliminate the distractions because I think I knew I wanted it but then I was too busy I'm too busy with work I don't have time mm -hmm. and then COVID happens and I was like no nah, I actually need help so <laughs> um yeah but you're used to people talking your ear off and you're used to giving advice as a therapist like who is your therapist? Like, how do you deal with, how do you handle your own kind of mental yeah. health work? How does that work yeah. as a therapist? Because you're always that um, source for other people. Mm. 
Well, one of the things that we have to do as therapists anyway is to have um, clinical supervision, right? So, so that is essentially a space for us to be able to go through our cases and also go through, you know, what's kind of happening for us and our emotional well-being as well. So we're not just holding everything and, you know, not thinking about our own mental health. We're, we're also considering that too. So that's part of the, the healthy process about having our own boundaries in in working and also yeah just just as therapists also checking in for ourselves so that our clients don't have to worry about that for us right right because it's it's so important for a client to be able to show up to sessions and not be worried about my mental well-being because it's not about me in those moments right because right? I'm taking care of me right right so I'm yes yeah, so I imagine there's a lot of self-care you have to look after yourself mm. a lot more the average person is that right because well I just think yeah yeah I think we've just got a different type of self-awareness so don't get me wrong we're not we don't get it right all of the time there's still times and we'll we'll struggle as well um Mm -hmm. but for me I mean I've got my own therapist as well right Mm -hmm. so there was a period when I was seeing um back-to-back clients and then after a while I was starting to think do you know what it's it's been a while I want to kind of have some of this for myself you know I'm Mm -hmm. I'm being there for for other people but it's also really important to to have that space carved out for you as well Mm -hmm. just to kind of check in with yourself to you know just make sure that you're doing okay right that's and I'm so I imagine that it's encouraged for therapists to have therapists I imagine or is that yeah. something that yeah right yeah it's encouraged um it's not a necessity when when you are training to be a therapist anyway you have to go through the process of therapy um as as part of your training so I've had um you know three years of therapy as a result of training to be a therapist right so going back into it it's not anything new for me and I'm not uncovering anything new per se but it's just it's just good to be able to give myself that space. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. I always think, because when I speak to my therapist, I'm like, rrr, 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 and then I'm mm. thinking, oh, like, uh, and I'll ask her if she's okay and stuff. But, you know, I just think, wow, like, because, you know, there's always that thing about, like, with you, especially with friendships, like your friends are not your therapist. So with your therapist, you can just talk freely. But it's almost like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm really just putting this on your shoulders. Although you're paying them, people that yeah. you're still you still have that like oh like I hope like you're okay too yeah Do you know what I mean yeah. even though of course you find your own ways of doing that I suppose as a client you still have that like oh like, I hope my therapist is okay but also you don't want to like overstep the boundaries because it is a service essentially yeah. isn't yeah. it yeah yeah but I, I would really want my clients to know that that's not their concern that's not their worry I'm I'm on that right, right? so you don't have to worry about that because I'm on it Right. Okay. So I love, I'm loving this conversation, by the way. Um, I really, cause like I am, I'm a massive, I'm like massive, like pro therapy and, um, it's completely changed my life. Mm. Um, I really wanted to get into, I really wanted to get in the, get to the meat, um, about therapy and uh, Lysandra, why do you think therapy is important? I mean, I know there's people that are, you know, that might not think therapies work for them, but mm in your experience, why do you think it's important? Mm. Do you know what? I think it can just be really life changing. Uh Right. And I think sometimes the value of that isn't really recognized. Sure. Right. So sometimes you can feel like maybe resentful about paying money to speak to somebody, Uh but it's, it's so much more than that. 
how it is right you're you're having a space to be able to hear your own voice maybe for the first time right you're looking at things from a different perspective mm-hmm. you're not being judged right you're you're able to to talk about things that you wouldn't normally think to talk about right right we hold on to so much because we're, so much. we're, we're dealing with the expectations of others we don't want to let people down but in therapy that's that space for you to be able to do that wow it is it really really is it's um when you said about hearing your voice it's so mm. true because I think that just even when you're telling friends or family stuff, you might change the story and tweak it a little bit. Yeah. So it's the truth, but it's like a sort of like nice, colourful mm. truth, missing a few bits. Yeah. Whereas I feel like with your therapist, it's like, this is me raw, mm. real. Like, this is me, you know? And you have to sit there. Mm. This has come from you. This mm. is you, you know? Um, and that can be scary. I think therapy, as much as it's an amazing thing, it can be uncomfortable, but... Yeah. You know, we need to be uncomfortable in order to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, yeah, it's it's it means seeing yourself in a light that you may not like, mm. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think that's, I imagine that's why it's probably hard for people because it means uncovering maybe some truths that they've been trying to avoid, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, when it comes to childhood, because I think that, for a lot of us, a lot of our trauma has come from childhood. Oh, yeah. And how much, you know, childhood trauma, how much does our childhood trauma sort of play into our adult identity, would you say? I think it's it holds so much. It holds so much weight because mm-hmm. the things that we experience from the past have such an impact on, you know, what our belief system is, how we view the world, what we think about ourselves there's there's just so much wraps up into that right Mm -hmm. so while I don't think it's helpful to necessarily always dwell on the past if you can go back into the past just to help to understand things you know that can help you to make sense of your experience right and that's that's what we don't really get to to do with you know just regular conversations with our friends we don't really get to make those those links with patterns and things that we've experienced and we don't really get to so sit true. in the we don't get to sit in the pain of things right right we it's kind of so true point, don't we we kind of we talk about it you might tell it like a funny story or you know we, we don't really go into the you know how it made us actually feel it's so true when you said about funny story it's so true like you'll tell something can be like so traumatic but you'll mm. say it like as a joke mm. and obviously people will be laughing like ha ha but inside you're like oh wow I'm actually in pain yeah. <laughs> still yeah right right it's interesting because I feel like um yeah there's you the adult but then there's the the child, your child, inner child yeah. is still there. Yeah. It doesn't go away. Absolutely. So, and you carry, and I guess I found that when entering relationships, mm. that's when my inner child's pain mm. comes out. Mm. Because I suppose in a relationship, um, you're like, your partner is like a mirror to you. So they're just reflecting back onto you, maybe yeah. things about yourself yeah, that you don't right? want to see. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the very things that we don't like about people is is the things that are actually make up a part of who we are. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like, um, 
me and my friends were talking about like you know there's this sort of theory about like women dating their dads and stuff mm. and me and my sister were having a conversation about mm. it and it's like wow there's actually like bits of dad in people that we've dated yeah even though there's there's the parts of dad that you were sort of trying to avoid I suppose because it's familiar yeah yeah right yeah there's that familiarity so, there is there is trying to mm-hmm. heal something that hasn't um been healed trying to process certain things so sometimes we can mm-hmm. end up in relationships with somebody who can mirror reflections of either our dad or sometimes our mum as well, depending on, you know, what the dynamics is. Um, uh-huh. But it's, it's because we're trying to heal that pain. Right. And it's interesting because when we talk about healing our pain, mm. can we ever heal our pain? Does, 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 or does it, does it ever go away? Um, yeah not I wouldn't say it goes away permanently I think it's it's just about processing it mm-hmm. right so it's not that it it goes away or you know but it, it starts to feel different and it starts to not show up in your life in ways that are you know like destructive or unhelpful you know when you can start to process it, it it's you kind of integrating that experience so that it's not overwhelming you so that you can't deal with certain situations Wow. Wow. And um, with this year, I've found that I've been doing a lot of internal work as well as doing therapy, Mm. reading a lot. And I came across Mm. this amazing book called Attached, which I'm sure you know lots about. I love Um, that book. Oh, my goodness. That book made me like, like, wow. Yeah. it was, it was, and so this is why I thought, oh my gosh, I would love to ask you about this because mm. obviously by reading that book, it made me um, think about and uh, understand attachment mm. styles. Um, and that was something I'd never heard of before right. in my life. I was like, yeah. this is unfamiliar. What is that? Yeah. Um, and it made me realized that I was an anxious avoidant person and I was Mm. like okay this is interesting Mm. and about you know being around but also in romantic relationships as well dating people who are secure Mm. um for people that don't know much about attachment styles could you just kind of give us like a roundup of what they are because I'm sure I mean you could obviously explain it better than me (laughs) Um, I think it's, it's a pretty hefty subject right Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's one of the number one things that I I like to teach clients because wow. I think if there's anything that you need to know about relationships is that you need to know what your attachment style is, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it explains so much and it will help you not only understand yourself, but it will also understand you, you can also understand the person that you're in a relationship with, right? So this this is a it's a really hefty theory, but just to kind of make something very very complex into something that's quite simple which um is no mean feat I will say um but there's there's three or four main attachment styles right so um you talked about a couple of them and it's it's there's a lot more but just for the sake of this book um in attached they talk about the the anxious attachment style the avoidant attachment style the secure attachment style and the disorganized attachment style, 
Right. And so this is all based on our earliest relationships with our caregivers. So if we had a parent who was very good at taking care of our needs in infancy, and so if we cried um, and we were upset, they were responsive. Um, if we were angry, they helped to calm our, our and regulate our emotional system, then that's kind of having an, a secure attachment because your parents were consistent and able to give you that emotional support. Right. And so when you have somebody who has an anxious attachment style, usually that's because they've had a relationship that was inconsistent. Right. So they had people who or, or parents who essentially um, were either happy one minute and then sad the next. So they might have had like uh, like mental health issues or addiction issues or, you know, something that just it was quite unpredictable being around them. Right. So because of that, it, it kind of tells you that relationships, one minute they feel safe and one minute they don't. Right. So that's where that anxiety kind of comes from. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's the, the other coin of that is the um, the avoidant attachment style. And so when somebody has an avoidant attachment style, what they've kind of learned from their parents is that they have to be quite self-sufficient, that their parents aren't really somebody that they could necessarily rely on. Right. Wow. So say, for example, it was something to do with mental health or something like that. They were essentially the carers, more, more so the carers for the parent. So it taught them that in order for them to be able to survive, they have to be self-sufficient. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot, but it's it's so important to know. And attachment styles can explain all our relationships, I guess. If we yeah. all look back at our relationships, mm. it's all come from our parents, yeah. essentially. <laughs> not to blame, not to blame. Not but... to blame. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting because this is not something I think attachment styles are not common knowledge for most of us. I mean, yeah. if I didn't read that, I would have never known what they are, what they were. Um, but then it explains so much of our behavior. Yeah. Um, and you can be a mix of both like anxious avoidant, can't exactly. you? And, yeah. Yeah. And, right. And then there's people who are secure, who are, who are like the people that I'm aspiring to be. <laughs> <laughs> But Which is, it wrong, yeah. you know, secure people can have their traits too. Sure. Right. So it doesn't mean that, you know, you're this perfect person in a relationship. It just means that sometimes you're able to resolve relationship issues quicker. Right. Right. So it doesn't yeah. mean that you don't have any issues, you know, quote unquote, but it just means that you can, you can deal with those, those difficulties perhaps in a way that isn't as um, unhelpful. Right. And do you think we could all potentially be secure one day? Is that yeah, yeah right? So you can be. Right. Yeah, you, you can you can absolutely change your attachment style, right? Because um you don't necessarily have the exact same attachment style with everyone. Uh-huh. So there might be some people who you have um an anxious attachment style with, but then other people that you have a secure attachment style with. It, it really depends. So it's it's not that, you know, you have this anxious or disorganized attachment style. So that means um, that all your relationships are doomed. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that. 
Right. So I suppose that if you're someone who's anxious mm. and then you end up with someone avoidant, then yeah, that's, that's not that's not too good. No, when you come and see someone like me. <laughs> <laughs> but then I guess, but that's interesting because it's almost like um, perhaps there's something about, because my friend mm. and her ex-boyfriend, so she was anxious and he was avoidant. Mm. So when he's upset with her, mm. he pulls away. Mm. But then because it makes her feel abandoned, she yeah. tries to pull him closer. And then he's like, no, 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 I don't. And then, yeah. you know, and then it's like, I suppose it's almost like, for example, in the way that, like, you know, you might ask the deal breakers on dates, like, do you want kids? Do you want this? Attachment styles might. Just so I know. So I know I'm going to leave or stay. But it's, it's so true because I guess that, um, yeah, that wouldn't really work. Mm. I mean, it, uh, because, I mean, it, and it didn't work for them, but it's you. It's really important to find someone that can, I also I read about self-soothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because I'm actually anxious avoidant, so I'm like a bit of both. Yeah. Um, and so I think if I'm with someone avoidant, then I'm like super anxious. But then if I'm with someone who's anxious, then I can become a bit avoidant yeah it's like really weird how you can change depending on who you know yeah. what the other person's attachment style is yeah um but um for me it's a lot of um I get really anxious thoughts mm. and I always have to remember that like thoughts are not facts yeah yeah you know um and like you know I want to fight my thoughts mm. but it's important to let them come and go yeah um and I think that's something that I've that element of, and I think it's also come from being self-sufficient. Mm. I'm so used to doing everything on my own. Mm. So like then when you like have someone else in your space, then you, you feel like a loss of control. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, and I've been like a threat. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. Yeah. And it's, um, it's interesting. Um, I guess that all comes from, that all still comes from childhood, I guess. Um, but then I also realized that like, our parents can't give us everything, I guess, mm. because they also have their own trauma. Exactly. Too. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that, that's where I was coming from in terms of, you know, it's not about blame and saying, you know, you gave me this attachment style because you weren't there for me. Mm. Right. We're, we're all linked generationally to, to the generation before us. So we're carrying, you know, our own stuff. We're carrying the, the stuff from generations before. Right. Right. So, you know, it's not just about let's blame it on the parents. Because right. Once, yeah. Once we become I, an adult, we have to kind of take accountability for certain things ourselves. It's so true. Mm. It's 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 so true. You can't. And I think forgiving forgiveness has also been a really massive part of me doing therapy. For, you know, learning to forgive um, because also the people that hurt you are going through their own trauma. Mm. So you know, there's also that part. Um, and also something that I have found on this sort of this year during lockdown is um, self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah. That's something that um, I call it the spirit of self-sabotage because sometimes it just pops up like, hey, and I'm like, no. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask you, you know, the science behind it because I think for myself, I know that like, there's always been that 
that fear of like I'm not I'm scared to allow myself to be happy because then that means I can get hurt so what if I (laughs) just leave and then it's fine and then I don't have to deal with the hurt yeah yeah and I suppose self-sabotage is when like one part of your personality acts in conflict with another part of your personality Uh and then you kind of perform in a way that like impedes your progress yeah um so yeah, we we're drawn to what's familiar and comfortable exactly. and simple. Yeah. Um, even the, even if the different option offers a better advantage. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the what's the science like be, behind self sabotage? Why do we do? I mean, you don't we don't just do it in relationships. We do it with jobs. We do it with. Why do we do that as human beings? Would you say? Yeah, I think it's it's a big part of that is that self protection, mm-hmm. right? So the the self saboteur it's not there to to harm us it's there to protect us and to keep us safe mm-hmm. so if we feel that something is a threat to you know maybe it's the the belief system that we have about ourselves um maybe it's the, the narrative that we 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 form about ourselves as well you know it's it's trying to just i suppose keep the status quo right right because we, we as generally as as humans we kind of fear change Yes, we do. Yeah. We tend to we not do. welcome change with open arms. We tend to be quite kicking and screaming about it. And it's it's not something that comes naturally. Right. That makes perfect sense. Mm. I suppose it's the fact that I suppose there's the risk that if you do this thing... Mm that yeah you might get hurt and so you yeah you're protecting yourself from the hurt it's a defense mechanism right yeah 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 you're trying to 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 prevent yourself from feeling hurt or feeling abandonment or feeling rejection wow and that and that again is also from childhood right or is that just a human thing um i suppose it can be a bit of both really you know it's 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 not a like a black and white thing, right? It's not either or. I think it's just yeah, it's part of that that process of being human. Wow! And how how would somebody overcome self sabotage? Can you? I mean, I, I imagine you can't fully overcome it because it will rear its ugly head every now and then. Mm. But what would you say the steps are to kind of not letting it take over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I I know that it can because it has before. Mm, but yeah. what, 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 how how can people kind of manage their own when self sabotage appears? How can they manage it? Um, for me, I think self awareness is the the ultimate thing, right? Because you can't you can't change what you don't know, right? So you know, getting to the root of, you know, where is the self sabotaging behaviors? Where are they coming from? You know, what are you trying to protect yourself from? Right. I think right. when you start uncovering that and start unpicking that, um, it can really open up the 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 doors to to trying new things and being open to new experiences. Mm-hmm. I actually think that it has a lot to do with being seen, mm. like in your rawest form. Yeah. Um, because I think for so much of us we like I know I myself but you know 
you show you show people the good bits of yeah. you. You know, they see the like they don't see the other bits when you're like you wake up like you wake up and then you're just like I'm a mess, yeah. and then you're like you haven't showered and you just like are a mess. Yeah. So when people see you, it's almost like you want to run away. Yeah. Because it, because it's that fear that they might reject you now that they've seen you yeah. like this. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Wow. Mm. It's um. I saw this quote the other day that said that um, as some as what someone who's a self sabotager needs to realize that when you love yourself, no one can devastate you. Mm. Wow, that's a quote. That is a quote. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Right. I love quotes like that. They oh quotes are just. They're great. I'm sure yeah. you've got loads, right? I've got a quote for everything in my phone. Like, literally, like, <laughs> if I see something and it resonates with me, I'm like, yep, save that one for later. <laughs> <laughs> Do you sometimes drop, like, a quote on a client? Like, quote drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep those gems to myself. <laughs> and um, do, you, do you watch um, Red Table Talk as well? I do. Oh, my gosh, I'm obsessed. Right. It's I love so it. Good. <laughs> it's so good. But do you know what I think is interesting is how the mental health conversations are happening. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we're seeing Will Smith, big superstar, oh. big man, getting therapy. Yeah. Um, therapy is almost, I think, glamorised maybe a little bit now than it was before, I imagine, yeah. because... There was a massive stigma around. I mean, there still is mm. a stigma around getting help, but I feel like it's it's shifting somewhat. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I do think it's shifting. Um, what I kind of notice is that there's more of a shift over in the US, right? Right. So yeah, in America, they are, they are you know a bit more fluent and open with their feelings, but there is something about us in the UK where we are just like, no, we don't do feelings. Right, it's like British stiff upper lip. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I still get clients all the time either not feeling confident or comfortable to tell their friends and family that they're having therapy or, you know, just like hiding the fact that they're having therapy or minimising their reasons for needing therapy. Right. I mean, could it be the whole, I suppose, the whole motto of keep calm and carry on? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's sad because I feel like um, it's so hard to ask for help. Like, mm. it's so hard. Like, it's so hard, but it's so freeing. Yeah. Um, and because of the fear of asking for help and then letting people know you have help, it stops people from feeling, wanting to be free because they're scared of what people may think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose, yeah, there is that stigma around, oh, you're getting help. Mm. What's wrong with you, yeah, you know? Exactly. Are, you, are, you, are you crazy? Mm. It's like, well, mm. no. Um, I think there's that perception of if you're going to therapy, there is something wrong with you. Right. And that's, that's not what therapy is at all. What would you say therapy is? Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a space for for healing. It's a space for growth. It's a space for self awareness. It's a space for you to be you. It's a space to to process. Mm -hmm. 
It's a space for joy. It's a space for grief, for sadness, for loss, for trauma. Wow. Yeah. It is just, I honestly think therapy is just so amazing. Mm. I, I mean, it, it is all of those things yeah. um, to me. Um, I feel like the way I've grown in the past seven months is like amazing. Mm. Um, and this is just from talking, but yeah. it's not just, but it is just talking, mm. but just having that someone that can show you, you from a different lens. Yeah. Um, it's everything mm. because we're, I think we're so hard on ourselves as human beings, you know, you'll think that you're worthless because people have made you feel like you're worthless, mm. but that doesn't mean that you're worthless. Yeah. And it's being able to have someone that can see you for like the amazing, beautiful person that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone who can see you for your greatness, even when you can't, yeah, is just magnificent. Mm. And um, yeah, I guess also therapy is a privilege because it costs money mm. as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, I actually also have been really interested and passionate about boundaries Mm. as well yeah um and also um like people pleasing so on instagram Mm. i like follow all types of people and then you know on your feed like all this to like there are so many like therapy quotes on instagram or like quotes from therapists Mm. or and i'm like wow i'm just healed (laughs) and like some of of it is actually triggered where i have to sit with myself and i'm like this one actually hurt (laughs) when I go on Instagram sometimes I'm like damn wow you guys came for my edges like this is a lot this morning. <laughs> and it's it's really interesting because we in a way in a way you can receive therapy indirectly now on Instagram in a way you can reach other people who may not have the courage yet to mm. get therapy but your platform allows them to also like recognize that they may need help yeah and that's also a good way to start anyway even if you don't do therapy I guess yeah yeah I mean what I always say is that yes although on Instagram you'll see you'll see posts that you know you might be able to connect with or things that kind of teach you about um just opening up the doors for self-awareness and being able Mm -hmm. to talk about therapy and some of that process you know it is it is just Instagram and Instagram isn't therapy. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're in that. therapy, so that's, that's helping you along in that process. But sure. if you're looking to make, you know, long lasting change, you know, that mm. can't be done um, just looking at some squares on, on social media. Right. right. You've got to, you've got to show up and you've got to have that. It's, it's the relationship of therapy that, gives that process oh it's so true instagram is it isn't therapy yeah because you can look at it and be like oh my god i feel so touched and then click off your phone and then go back to doing the shit that you're doing exactly (laughs) (laughs) right but yeah it it does it does open the door to self-awareness and i think self-awareness um is a beautiful thing mm. um being aware of the the why you do certain things or like oh even you know I might do something and be like okay well, why did I do that and, but then it's like oh like I don't even want to get to the root of why I did that but I need to but like because it's not 
comfortable mm. um but it's it's important yeah um and i guess self and also self-awareness is also uh, scary too actually yeah um, yeah or, and it's, it's interesting you can't hide from that shit no it's out it's out <laughs> it's so like sometimes I'm like oh my gosh like the things that like my parents did that I'm like this is I would never mm. and then I'm doing it and I'm like what is going on yeah <laughs> like, yeah how is this happening mm. um and again it's like okay this is why are you doing this and obviously you can't solely just blame your parents because mm. you are an adult yeah um yeah. but yeah you're so right about Instagram not being therapy um and yeah, I guess the good thing is that I can look at these quotes and then obviously have conversations that, that sparks thoughts yeah. in my mind. I yeah. can then have conversations about in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a few, I've, I've always been interested in people pleasers. I am not a people pleaser, but I have loads of friends that are like, oh my God, I'm a people pleaser. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's, I find it really interesting because I'm just like, why? But like, why? What is, why? I mean, obviously people pleasing comes from childhood as does a lot of things, Mm. but why are people so tied to approval of other people that like, in my head, I feel like they don't care that much, but why are people so almost addicted to, you know, doing things for other people at the expense of themselves? Yeah. Yeah. People pleasing can be like part of a trauma response. Right. So it's like a learnt behaviour. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we have certain experiences, um, certain ways that we're related to. So if, for example, you know, we've got like a an abusive household. Right. Um, and then in order for you to feel safe, you have to make sure that everything within the family is okay. So it's, it's really similar to what Will Smith was talking about on his table talk, mm-hmm. right? That he was, his role in the family when his dad was being abusive was to be the joker. Right. So that's him trying to manage his, his safety and the safety of those around him by making everybody else happy, people-pleasing, calming the situation. Can you ever... Is that... It's a trauma response, but can you ever not be a people pleaser like what are the mm. steps to not being a people pleaser because mm. mm. uh, it's a trauma response then surely that's is it in, so is it super embedded in you or is it it's a trauma response but it's also a learned behavior so if it's something that you can learn it's also something you can unlearn right okay right so it's not that you know I'm a people pleaser that's it for me Right, you can you can shift towards being a recovering people pleaser. Wow, I honestly find it so fascinating. Yeah, because it's like saying yes because even though you want to say no because you wanna you don't want to upset the other person. Mm. Which again, I suppose that comes from you don't want people to. Is it you don't want people to see you negatively? Is that yeah, also yeah? Got, you really right. worry about how other people perceive you. Uh-huh. So you don't want people to think badly of you, you because that's also tied into your self worth, right? So you, right. If you're not if you're not being that super kind person, then what does that say about you? Right. It's so interesting because 
Um, I, I want to say, I love this. Like, this is like, oh, I love it. Yeah. But again, this is where I think boundaries play an important role, right? Mm. Because yeah. it's having the power to say no. Mm. And that person just has to accept your no, mm. because no is no. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and healthy boundaries is something I find um, it, it is a work in progress. Well, no, that's a lie. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't mean, I don't even know. I, mean, I, think I'm, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. But I mean, how can people establish healthy boundaries? Because I think, can you be a people pleaser and establish healthy boundaries or you need to deal with that first and then set boundaries? Is that how it would work? I, th- I think if you're a people pleaser, you it's it's going to be more difficult for you to set boundaries. Right. Because right. you're telling people no. Mm, yeah. Right. And that goes against what feels comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. So it's usually the people who are the people pleasers who find it difficult to set boundaries. Wow. Mm. But, and, and how important are boundaries? Oh, they're really important. They're, it, right. it, kind of, it shows you where you start and begin and when somebody else starts and begins, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you have no healthy boundaries, then, you know, it's difficult to have a, a sense of self. Mm. Oh, honestly, I'm just like, <laughs> my fingers like, yes! I'm going to have to put all of these into quotes. <laughs> I just want to get my tambourine and be like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm listening. <laughs> like, I'm lost now. You've hyped me up so much. I'm lost. <laughs> it's so, like... But it's, do you know what it is? It's, this is so powerful. And it's, it's like... It's not so obvious to people, is it? Like, these... Not having... having Establishing healthy boundaries with yourself. Because it also determines the way people will treat you as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So if if you're not having good boundaries with yourself and that could be, you know, how are you spending your time? Like, so if you're you know, are you on social media all the time? Are you not looking after yourself? There's there's so many other boundaries that are, you know, what are the boundaries you set around yourself? Mm. But also what are your boundaries in relationships? Because those can be two different things. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're not treating yourself well and you don't have boundaries for yourself, you know, what what is that saying to other people about how you feel about you? How are they going to then treat you if you don't right. have that, that kind of respect for yourself? Right. Right. And it's, I suppose, yeah, the way you feel about yourself will determine how people will treat you, isn't it? It's like, if you, yeah, if you don't see, I suppose if you don't set boundaries and you let people walk all over well if you don't set boundaries of yourself then people will be able to walk all over you mm-hmm. um so yeah. you have to I suppose yeah it's it's not it's it's I suppose why it sounds difficult is because with people who are like kind like they don't tend to to want to walk all over people you know that's not their intention mm-hmm. right so it's not that people who who break boundaries are necessarily out to get you or anything like that but, mm-hmm. you know, you just need to have healthy boundaries for you because that shows other people how you expect to be treated. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you establish healthy boundaries? Mm-hmm. I mean, where do you start? Is it like, I mean, in my head, I just think like, I obviously have boundaries. Yeah. I have boundaries, but I imagine um, 
in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if I didn't have boundaries, would it be like I'd write on the wall, like, I will not tolerate this? It's, mm. I suppose it's a bit of that, isn't it? Sometimes it's like it knowing is. what. Sometimes yeah. it's going back to the drawing board because if you don't know what boundaries are or what they look like, then, right. yeah, sometimes it can be a case of having to go back and, and write things down and think about things in a different way. Um, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's a really big part of what I cover in therapy sessions, mm-hmm. like what boundaries look like because like my boundaries might not be the same as your boundaries like everybody has their own sense of of what boundaries are right so it's up to us to be able to figure that out rather than having somebody else tell us who are what our boundaries are right and that can be very dangerous Mm. yeah being able to decide well people will push well human beings people push your buttons because they know that they can Mm. um yeah, I think boundaries is, is a really, it's really interesting. I think a lot of my boundaries I put in inverted covers come from also um, being this sort of, having this avoidant part of me where that's just self-protection. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's from that, because I'm like, danger, high voltage. Yeah. This is where the pain, so it comes from that part. But I imagine if I wasn't this way, then it would be different. Mm. Um that's the difference you can sometimes you know sometimes it's it's having boundaries that are too loose and then there's having boundaries that are too rigid right right either one of those is is you know not good for relationships and not good for you so it's good to be middle yeah yeah you you have to it's it's one of those things um but you have to kind of show like flexibility because Mm. yeah it's it's so nuanced it's not a straightforward thing right and it's not like you'll you'll say you know these are my boundaries and then that's it and then as soon as somebody crosses those boundaries well no that's it because that was my boundary that doesn't work for me you know that's that sounds like me (laughs) (laughs) but what what that can sometimes do is that can shut you off from having you know really good relationships definitely Mm. I think yeah, words like that doesn't work for me yeah. or I am who I am yeah. are very are not very good terms to use, especially yeah. in relationships, yeah. because it means that you're not open to change. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I actually agree with you about having super rigid boundaries can actually be, it can also be a really bad thing because, yeah, you don't, you don't let people in. Mm. Uh, and a lot of the time I feel like it is self-protection, but you need to, loosen it a little bit because this person isn't as much of a threat as you think that they may be yeah um yeah uh, yes yeah, so I suppose it's also from that as well mm-hmm. and um what is your favorite part about being a therapist I mean I have to ask yeah what is like the best part of it my favorite part is seeing those small shifts right Mm. so sometimes people think it's about those massive light bulb moments right but sometimes it's just about those small ways that you're starting to think about yourself more right starting to value yourself but in just those little ways that seem insignificant but when you start stacking them up and then you look back at how far you've come they're actually massive yeah yeah and it's 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 those moments I love those moments well, slow and steady wins the race. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Mm. Um, I, it's, it's funny because I feel like when I do therapy, um, 
sometimes I leave the call and I'm like really happy and I'm like, oh my God, I don't need therapy anymore. Mm. Like I'm for it. And then it's like, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, actually I lied. <laughs> but again, it's like those, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. Um, and I guess with therapy, you can have it and then not have it and then have it. You can always go, go and come back, right? Yeah. Yeah. I get that all the time. You know, sometimes it's, it's doing a specific piece of work. Um, you know, I don't like to keep people in therapy longer than they need to be, because I think you have to put into practice the things that you've learned. Right. Because I, I don't want people to be dependent on therapy. The, the point is that you, it's supposed to leave you empowered so that you can be autonomous, so that you can go out there and thrive. It's not to keep you mm-hmm. stuck. Wow. It's not to keep you stuck. Mm. Right. Yeah, I do. I, I agree with you there, actually. I think. um yeah, you it's you don't want to be too so dependent that you almost I can't survive without yeah, a therapist. Yeah, that is not because no, that's not what we want at all. Mm-hmm. Autonomy wow. is is so important. Wow, I love that. And Lisandra, do you have a quote to end the podcast with? Like Ooh. a because I know you've got loads. Yeah. Or you could do best of three. Fine. I, I don't even know if I can think of one because as soon as you say, can you think of a, my brain just went, oh, nope. Oh, God. Yeah, to, <laughs> to be fair, I, to be fair, I can't, I can't think of one myself right now off the top of if, my head. What's, what's sticking out for me, and it's, it might, some people might think it's cheesy, but it's so true. It's trust the process. Yes. Right. And, and yeah, for me, that's, that's a key one because that's always the thing that I have to remind people of. And even myself, if I start having those self-doubts, it's, no, trust in the process. Trust in the process, yes. It's simple, but so effective. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I guess, trust the timing of your life as mm, well. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a reason why things have happened to you and, and, and there's a reason why this is now the time you're getting help. So, yeah, um, yeah I love that. It, it doesn't, it's, well, this is great. It doesn't even need to be too much. Simple, but effective. Mm. Um, Lisandra, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. This has been amazing. Did you enjoy it? I did. It was so fun. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm so glad. I've, I've Honestly, I'm just obsessed with you. Like, I... Oh, bless you. I've just, honestly, I'm like, where's my tambourine? Like, you were dropping <laughs> some gems. I was like, I need to steal these and just drop them in conversation so people can be like, how profound. <laughs> Thank you. That's too kind. No, honestly, it's great. And um, please keep up the good work. Like, loving... Um, all your quotes and loving your work and um it's been so amazing to talk to um not just a therapist but like an amazing human being doing great things so thank you you so much for coming on and um yeah if you want to follow um lisandra on instagram lisandra how can people find you so you can find me on instagram at new frame therapy um i'm there i'm also on facebook i've just started a new facebook group actually um Woo! called the emotionally empowered empaths um, oh i love that yeah it's, it's a group for women who just yeah want that supportive space and community 
So yeah, I've just started that. And speaking of boundaries, actually, if you wanted to download like a free guide on how to um, have better boundaries, um, then you can get that on my website as well. Great, and it's and that's New Frame Therapy. Yeah, newframetherapy.co.uk. Co.uk, perfect. Great, I will be downloading that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much once again, and speak to you soon. Yeah.